This is the Best Run Podcast. Brought to you by SAP. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's edition of the Best Run Podcast, brought to you by SAP. Today, we're going to talk about sustainability and continue on our conversation from our previous podcasts. And we're talking to Tanya Ha today about living for a sustainable future. Now, Tanya is an environmentalist, science journalist, TV presenter, and sustainable living advocate. Tanya, I'll let you introduce yourself, but we're going to have a little bit of a chat about uh, disruption and how that can be an opportunity for change and also uh, any sustainability at EFFECT, which is an event you're speaking at in a couple of weeks. Welcome. Sounds good. (laughs) Delighted to be here. Great. So give us a bit of your background about yourself. Well, oh, gee, where do I start? Um, I'm a science communicator by trade and it's mainly what I do now, but very quickly I started working in the environment movement after university. So I was at Planet Arc for many years. For my sins, my waitressing job while I was at university was modelling. And it occurred to me that if I'd learnt media skills and if my image could be used to sell, you know, mobile phones and stretch denim jeans, then surely it could be used to sell something much more important and worthwhile, as in sustainable living in the future of our planet. So I very much, um, at you know, with with Planet Arc's um, kind of encouragement, uh, overcame my shy nature and decided to try and craft myself as a female environmentalist. Because at the time, you know, this is late 90s, early 2000s, there were very few female voices in the environment movement, but a lot of male environmentalists. Uh, And so the rest is history. From there, I went on to write um, books and report for Catalyst and present television shows. And then um, I moved a bit more behind the scenes. It's hard for one person to do only so much. And so now what I want to do is a lot of um, media training of all scientists, not just climate and environmental scientists, so that we get the experts out there telling their stories, um, sharing their expertise and making sure that we've got, you know, really substantial evidence being presented to the public. Great. Now, you talked a little bit about your passion. Has there been other things that have ignited that passion um, following on from uh, what you've just commented on? Oh, always. You know, I've, I think we're all born environmentalists. The first things that children um, respond to and, you know, get excited about are animals and trees. And I spent most of my childhood up a tree. (laughs) So I think those childhood experiences in nature uh, were part of it. And then also I I remember there being, so that that just, I love the planet. I love nature. So that's part of it. There's, There's love there. There's fascination. But also I remember in high school in biology, we did one of those experiments where you get a Petri dish and um, you have some medium in there. So lots of food that, you know, bacteria can grow in and, and you watch these little spots of bacteria grow into colonies and get bigger and bigger. And it's kind of this process where it's sort of like small populations and they get bigger and it gets bigger and then it becomes this great big mess because as long as there's food and resources, the bacteria grow, but it's a confined space. There's limits to growth. And then once it becomes overpopulated, the bacteria start to stew in their own waste products and juices and then all die off. And I remember looking at that, sorry to gross everyone out, but I looked at that and very strange for someone in their early teens, I suppose, but I looked at that and I thought, that's us, that's our planet, but we're in danger of of polluting it more than we can stand. But right now we're just on this unsustainable growth trajectory. So 
we need to, to balance the way we live on this planet um, so that we can ensure our long-term survival. Yeah, absolutely. And part of that long-term survival was uh, you were invited as a delegate to the Australia 2020 Summit to discuss that. What was that experience like and what were some of the key discussions and recommendations that you heard there and that came out of it? Well, it was both exciting and disappointing. Um, exciting because, uh, you know, being selected was in some ways not expected. But the thing that was really great there was having, you know, these thousand people, 100 in each group, get together and they came from different walks of life. So regardless of what the program is, there's a certain kind of magic that happens when people meet who come from different backgrounds and they have different strengths and they, they create partnerships. So there were a lot of business cards handed out there. And I, I know that there's been some out, unofficial outcomes from the 2020 summit through those contacts and those networks that were made. Uh, there were interesting things put on the table. So there, there was a discussion even back then, 2007, about, you know, there was a very strong push that the climate change stream that I was in, that we agree on the need to, um, to build no new coal-fired power stations. And there was not unanimous support for that. Um, it was a bit of a sticking point. And this is still something we're talking about 14 years later, which makes me sort of mildly furious. But anyway, um, but other things that were quite interesting were talked about, like you know, how, how do our economic models work? Like the fact that companies get paid more the more of their product you consume, can we have alternative economic models where it's service-based rather than product-based? And we've seen things like that develop since then. So, you know, go get, you know, where you borrow a car, you know, you sh shared car use rather than everyone having private ownership of cars. Um, so it was really interesting things. The disappointing side was, it wasn't very long after that and the global financial crisis hit us. So um, some of the things that might have come out of the 2020 summit, you know, kind of got put to one side as uh, something that was deemed more pressing spaced society. So, but, you know, climate change is not going away. But yeah, so it, it was an interesting experience. Now let's just switch to just talking about disruption as an opportunity. So obviously we've been through massive disruption over the last 18 months with the pandemic. And this has led a lot of people to reassess what we do with our lives. What positive impacts do you think that could drive for sustainability? Well, I've always been fascinated by disruption because it breaks habits. You know, the, the different stages of my career, I started off writing really lengthy, you know, long environmental guidebooks, which were kind of useful. But then I learned that giving people lots of information about you know, living sustainably does not necessarily produce the results you want it to. And that was a bit of a shock to me. Um, but the other thing that I realised was a lot of the things that I wrote about in Greeniology and my other books were things that are habit. And so disruptions that break habits, they become opportunities to renegotiate and relearn new habits and more, you know, hopefully more sustainable ones. So when I did my little bit of research in my, when I did my master's degree, I looked at the, the life disruption of having a baby. You know, how does pregnancy and the transition to parenthood change the attitudes of new mothers? And might that, you know, that gorgeous little disruption to their life be an opportunity for them to change the way they live so that it's not just more sustainable, but also healthier, you know, a healthier home environment. 
So it's that's that's why it fascinates me so much. But there are other things that are life disruptions. Um, so moving house, changing jobs, retirement—they're part of the run-of-the-mill, you know, normal life disruptions. But there are other ones, as we've learned, only to well the last couple of years. So a natural disasters are a disruption. A global pandemic—it's a disruption. It changed the way we lived and worked, and changed how much we went out and. So that creates opportunities to learn new things. And it also teaches us something else. You know, we're now, I'm in Melbourne and we've come out of lockdown. And I think there's a sense amongst my fellow Melbournians that we're survivors. So there's a certain amount of confidence that you have in that, in your own ability to face challenges. When you look back at what you've come through and what you've achieved, and sometimes what you've achieved really is just getting by from day to day, um, but it does, give you that sort of self-assurance that I think is useful for tackling other bigger challenges like, you know, climate disruption. So they're the things that, that interest me in this whole idea of disruption and what we've learned from the pandemic, taking that and applying that to climate change. And businesses are very much talking about sustainability too. What are some of the key actions you think that organisations can take to positively contribute to a greener future? Well, for one thing, uh, we've learned about the flexible office, flexible work plans, working from home. Um, a lot of these were, you know, ideas um, that people were kind of only half trying before the pandemic. They've been fast tracked and proven now. So uh, that opportunity to have people working from home more means less environmental impact from the commute. Um, and also businesses might be able to have a smaller floor space, so smaller buildings and have more shared workspaces, hot desking, that sort of thing, which reduces their need for more energy and um, bigger buildings, all of which has an impact on the environment. So that's, that's one simple thing. But it's also shown the power of adapting to new circumstances and that the people that pivot quickly can take hold of opportunities. So like that I was talking about with individuals and disruption before, that it gives them confidence and some inspiration. I think for companies, it shows that if you adapt quickly and you take hold of the opportunities, then you can have a leading edge and you can have new markets, new products, new areas for growth. And have you seen any particular businesses or industries that are being a lighthouse for this? Well, the amount of retailers that have gone online, that they've succeeded by going online. So smaller floor space um, that reduces their op operating costs. Um, so that's something that's kind of very obvious and very simple. That's the, the most obvious one to me. And also, I think that there's been a little bit of a change in how we use energy. So for energy retailers thinking about that, that's starting to get kind of interesting. And from disruption, you often see innovation come up. Now, how do you see innovation helping to drive and educate society in a sustainable future? It's all about the uptake. You know, like innovation is one of those words that people use, you know, a lot. And it's it's kind of like, you know, you're, you, you use that word a lot, but I, I don't think you know what it really means. So a lot of people use the word innovation when they mean invention. Um, but I'd argue that what innovation really is, is it's invention. So that new technology plus uptake. So the innovation I want to see is not just the science and technology, which is still there, it's still important, but what is important is 
to see it proliferate. You know, solar panels aren't that new. We need to get them out onto more rooftops and we've seen good uptake of that. Um, but now electric vehicles are in the news a lot. Now that we can certainly fast track and there's other countries that are much more ambitious in their electric vehicle goals than we are. So the thing that really needs to change is the rules, you know, the, what governs the playing field so that we have the price signals, the market mechanisms and so on that favour rapid uptake of these new technologies because, you know, they're there. Hello, they're there. We've got some really inventive people in Australia who have developed really cool technology and overseas um, companies as well. What we really need to see is getting it out to people, getting it implemented at a wide scale. Now, we talked about EFFECT at the beginning of, of our podcast. So that's an event series that SAP is running across Australia and New Zealand. And EFFECT is all about innovation. But this year, we're actually focusing in on sustainability and how technology plays a role there. So what are the main messages that you'll be looking to share with our audience on the 30th of November in Melbourne? Well, look, I, what I want really, if there's two things that I'd love the people in the audience to take away from what I talk about at EFFECT in Melbourne, it, I can sum it up in two words. Um, one thing is excitement and hope. And the other, that's, that's two words for one thing that I said was two words. The other would be opportunities. So on the first, you know, the, the sense of excitement and hope, I want to share some stories of things that are happening that are really clever technology that's doing really cool stuff. Because what that does is it gives us hope that there is a way to do things differently, that there are people out there, great people doing great work. Um, so we do have the brains to find solutions to our problems. So I think having hope and being excited about the future are two things that are really important psychologically for humans. And then the other thing is that there's opportunities from disruption. And that might be in your professional life, that might be in your personal life. But the sense that disruption and the, the breaking of old habits and the opportunity to change new habits as people head back to work in the office, as people try and do a return to normal, this is an opportunity to create a new normal in which we do things differently, do things in a way that is more sustainable, that is healthier. So I'm hoping that people will come away with that, with that sense of this is a good time to be alive, this is a good time to be returning to work and there are things that I can do and do differently. Fantastic, thanks Tanya. And you touched on two of the main topics, so we obviously sustainability as we mentioned, but future of work is the other topic that we're focusing on mm -hmm. with EFFECT this year. So listeners, if you would like to attend EFFECT, there's still time, please go to sap.com slash Australia slash EFFECT EFFECT and you can register for all of the events that are coming up, though not just in Melbourne, but um, we've also got Sydney, Canberra and Auckland left in, in our roadshow. Thanks so much, Tanya, for joining us. Really My great pleasure. to hear from you and look forward to meeting you in Melbourne. Likewise. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. You've been listening to the Best Run podcast brought to you by SAP. You've been listening to the Best Run podcast. Brought to you by SAP.